0: it's time for forward nation radio now here he is the host of forward nation radio david leventhal welcome to forward nation radio i'm david leventhal on today's show accountability, and death. How do you rein in mass murder? As we continue to talk about President Trump's remarkable record of achievement in killing Americans, perhaps unparalleled achievement among our leaders, we take time to remember the undisputed leader in killing Americans, corporate America. Yes, for those of you who really enjoyed our show last week on HOPE, Well, we're going to go in a slightly different direction this week in our show on killing Americans, on how bad actors, including but not only corporations, manage to corrupt our laws to enable themselves to profit off of destroying us and the things that we hold dear, with a particular emphasis on the disgraceful topic of tort reform, or lack of accountability for the consequences of one's actions. In keeping with the theme, I will not be discussing some of the other big some of the big events of the past few days, including some more Supreme Court and federal court rulings which don't fit within the theme. Uh, yeah, sorry, uh, abortion opponents. Uh, the abortion ruling does not keep with the theme of killing Americans. But I will discuss later this week or next week I will have a show where I will be discussing the latest Supreme Court and federal court rulings among other latest news. But to get right into today's show, Donald Trump, of course, continues to burnish his credentials as the person who's killed the most Americans who isn't in corporate America. The big news of the last day or so was that U.S. intelligence agencies are, quote, confident, close quote, of a Russian plot to offer the Taliban and Afghanistan religious extremists who, you will recall, we've been fighting against for, well, almost 20 years. Russian plot to offer the Taliban bounties on the heads of U.S. soldiers, U.S. military personnel. That's right. I'm sure you've already heard it. If you haven't, you've heard it right. Our intelligence agencies are confident that Russia has been offering our enemy, the Taliban, religious lunatics, a bounty to kill American military. And boy, you can just imagine how the president of the United States, the man who loves our soldiers like no other president we've ever had, you know, the same guy who loves women and black people like no president we've ever had, you know, he's been all over this behind the scenes which has already, we believe, resulted in at least one military death. Well, haha, big surprise to nobody who's been listening to this show at all. There is a growing concern across this country about the utter and complete lack of a response from the President of the United States, including famously in recent ads by the Re- Republicans, now known as the Lincoln Project, who oppose Trump and are running ads calling him a traitor, in so many words. Well, of course, let's put this in context. What are the lives of a few soldiers compared to Donald Trump's re-election efforts? At least according to Donald Trump and his supporters, who will find no sacrifice, among others, too great for his re-election. So Donald Trump has done nothing. Well, Trump responded to the news by pointing out that he had not been briefed on this. He had not been made aware of what was going on, because certainly he would have been all over this, just like, you know, he's been all over everything regarding Vladimir Putin, who as I noted a few moments ago, it fits in that category, is necessary for any hopes that Donald Trump has to be reelected. So you, you can't bite the hand that feeds you, even if the hand that's currently feeding you is killing U.S. military personnel. Oh, so nice. So the President of the United States responded to this news by saying that he had not, denying that he had been briefed on the subject. Well... It turns out, another major surprise to many of you, I'm sure, that the president was lying. It turns out that, in fact, he had gotten a written brief... Oh, that's the problem. They wrote it down. Everybody knows that if you want Donald Trump not to know something, you write it down and you don't put Trump all over it. Well, in any event, he got a written briefing in February... Uh, that he may or may not have chosen to read. If he did read it, he probably didn't understand it. But let's go back to, aside from the incredible, incredible lack of leadership, and yes, traitor to America, let's go over the excuse here. The excuse is that the president of the United States should not be held responsible for not responding to a hostile to America, not to Donald Trump. A hostile foreign powers efforts to kill U.S. soldiers because as the president of the United States, nobody bothered to tell him about it. That's the best he's got. That's that's his strong suit that he's leading with here. That you can't blame me. I'm too fucking stupid to be responsible for anything that happens in America. Again, this is what his brain trust came up with as the best thing to wrap himself with. They might as well just add to that, that it makes perfect sense because everybody knows from the beginning of the Trump administration that if you want to keep something secret in America, you don't tell the president of the United States. Because, well, he can't be trusted with a secret. So I guess, in effect, what the Trump administration is saying is, don't get upset with us for not responding to murder of American military personnel by hostile foreign power, not hostile to me, hostile to to the rest of Americans. I did not respond to it because, A, I'm too fucking stupid to know what goes on in my administration, and B... I absolutely cannot be trusted. So it makes sense that people with my, within my own administration would not trust me with this. That's the president of the United States. This is the moron, I remind you, leading our response to a deadly global pandemic, leading our COVID response. Just a reminder as we've way gone way past 120,000 American dead from this virus that Trump wished away months ago. Fauci, Anthony Fauci, just warned that we could get up to 100,000 new cases a day upcoming. Or as Donald Trump continues, and everyone in his administration continues to remind us, this thing's all, all but wrapped up basically. We got this this thing wrapped up. Number of cases have gone up 80% over the past two weeks. 80%. Remember, they're still telling us it's all gone. The European Union has, as expected, decided to open its borders to citizens from 15 countries. Those 15 countries include China with one, uh, one slight provision about reciprocity. But they include China, Europe's willingness to let people from China in, despite the China virus or the Kung flu, as our president so racistly pointed out. The European Union is letting in people from Uruguay, Thailand, Rwanda, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to insult your intelligence by asking you to guess where they're not letting people in from. And of course, they're not letting people in from the United States of America, land of the single worst response to COVID in the world. So Donald Trump really burnishing his credentials For murdering Americans in the easily tens of thousands already. Dead Americans because of the incompetence, the corruption, the criminal irresponsibility of the President of the United States, Donald Trump. A man who is seeking re-election in a few months. You fucking morons out there. Anyway, the police... Of course, are continuing to burnish their image, their credentials for killing Americans as well. No, let's be clear: the police can't get close to Donald Trump numbers or corporate America numbers, but they're still working on it. The news this week regarding the police, the the protests against police violence, was one particular police officer, as reported in the New York Times. I and others have been reporting for a while about how the police have been covering up the misconduct of their officers and letting officers with repeated uh, instances of unnecessary violence against American citizens to continue to operate as police officers. Well, the New York Times put a name and a face to some of those stories this week with Ryan Dubiel. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. A 31-year-old police officer who at a tender young age has managed to rack up such an impressive portfolio, such an incredible list of credentials as a police officer, being on currently his ninth police department. The guy is 31 years old. He is on his ninth police department because of repeated misconduct. I was going to say the prior eight, but at all nine. Because of repeated misconduct, he has to keep changing police departments. But he keeps on working as a police officer and keeps on engaging in that misconduct. But as hard as Donald Trump and the police work to burnish their murdering Americans bona fides, let's remember the undisputed reigning champion of murdering Americans, corporate America. I talked a couple of weeks ago about the issue of federalism and how the concept of federalism is used by corporations and their enablers right now, i.e. the Republican Party, to allow corporations to kill more Americans and keep getting away with it. I want to talk about another aspect of our legal system, our, our political system, that Republicans utilize to make sure that they reward their corporate benefactors and enable them to murder Americans. I want to go back very briefly to sort of set the stage for how we get into this. It's necessary to understand the discussions that we're going to be having today, primarily on the concept of something called tort reform or giving bad actors immunity from liability for their bad actions. Doesn't sound to you like a great idea at first blush? It's not a great idea at first blush and I will be underscoring your initial impressions, your initial thoughts in just a few minutes. We have, in our society, created a system of something called ethics, where people are supposed to not be selfish sons of bitches and are supposed to consider others in their actions. We are supposed to help little old ladies off the street across the street without first trying to ascertain how much money they have and how well they can pay us. When we find a wallet, we are supposed to return that wallet without rifling, rifling through it and stealing everything that we possibly can. We have this system of ethics because we know and we've known since the beginning of time that we are all better off if people are not selfish sons of bitches. Apologies to Ayn Rand. No apologies to Ayn Rand. She's a piece of shit. But despite her protests, we have known since the beginning of time memorial, that people acting with a higher purpose, with the thoughts to help others, is better for everyone involved. We are a better society if we don't have to triple lock our doors, put our alarms on, and immediately start looking to replace everything in our wallet when we lose it. We are a better society when we get our stuff back and we can trust others. That's a concept of ethics. Human beings are supposed to have it. Republicans tend to demonstrate very little of it. Some people demonstrate more. And unfortunately, the environment is such that those who tend to show less of it tend to get ahead in our society. In other words, nice guys really do finish last. But that's a topic to explore further in another show. For now, it's important to understand that when it comes to corporate America, when it comes to the business world, we have gone in the opposite direction. We understand for possibly policy reasons, but mostly, I believe, for practical reasons, the idea that nice guys finish last means that corporations aren't going to be ethical. And if you think otherwise, understand that corporations are ethical. If nice guy really nice guys really do finish last, they're going to be ex corporations pretty soon. So even those corporations that are inclined to act ethically will be put out of business and replaced by those businesses that are, businesses that are inclined not to act ethically for whatever reasons businesses are not expected to act ethically. They are supposed to act for their own best interests. I have talked about this in shows in the past. Every now and then, someone comes out like the Business Roundtable did like a year ago and starts giving paying lip service to corporate ethics. For the most part, it's absolute bullshit and probably designed just to make people go back to bed so that it becomes that much easier for corporations to continue to steal from them. Um, So if we understand that operating not selfishly is the way we create a better world for everybody, and if we've decided that the businesses, the most consequential actors in our society are not to be burdened by such thoughts, the question then comes up, how do you stop the most consequential actors in America from destroying America and destroying the planet and taking people's lives? Because that is absolutely what we are talking about here. If selfish actors are left to their own devices, they will profit off of the destruction of others. So how do we change the behavior of corporate America to make it more consistent with the interests of the public at large? The first answer to that question is the one provided to us helpfully by conservatives and the Republican Party. And that is something that I refer to as the market mechanism. My faithful listeners have heard this before, but a little bit of review probably isn't so bad, so please bear with me. The idea that the free market will police itself, that we don't have to worry about corporate misbehavior because corporations will have the incentive to do the right thing, because otherwise they will be punished by the market and they will be put out of business. Again, that's the option of choice for conservatives, Republicans. What the market mechanism really is, is a a mechanism for making us all die young or younger than we should. Because the market mechanism is an obvious joke that is ridiculous to spend much time on. In fact, the great mystery of the market mechanism is not whether it will work, but how something so patently absurd gets repeated by people unwilling to see what is in front of them. I understand why Republicans and corporate America sell the market mechanism. They profit off of your death. But why do Americans buy this shit? Why do people go around repeating things like, the market will police itself? When it's so clear, all they need to do is look at what's in front of them. All they need to do is look at themselves to realize how ridiculous that is. Because if the market mechanism were working, we ourselves, including you, the faithful listener, would be changing our behavior based on what corporations are doing. Are we? I do this every semester in one of my classes and I ask my students, are you? The, the, the basic conservative orthodoxy, market rationale says that you are changing your buying habits because of what businesses are doing. Well, I ask you, are you doing that? And I'll ask that to all of you now, and you can provide your own answer. But I know where we're going here. It's a sliding scale, but I know where we're going here. When I ask that question of my students, at this point, there's more activism. Maybe a fifth of the class. No, not that many. 10 to 15% of the class maybe raises their hand. So eight, 85, 90%, whatever it is, Right off the bat, clearly in their own lives, the market mechanism is not being utilized at all. I ask, of course, how many of you think your friends and your family members are doing that? And then the answer is basically zero. So we're getting closer to 100%. The market mechanism absolutely not working. So... Then I say to those who've raised their hand, I say congratulations. Thank you. You are among the responsible citizens. How many of you do it, let's say, refuse to do business with three or more corporations because of the way they they do business? And at that point, usually every hand or every hand but one or two go down in the class. So, unless the answer is that there are only two or three one, two or three corporations in the world who are doing bad things, it's all we have to do is open our eyes and we realize that the basis of conservative economic theory is simply a, a built on a total premise of lies. It's just absolute bullshit. So congratulations, we're only, what, about 10 or 15 minutes into the show and a little bit more than that, and already already we've basically delegitimized conservative economics. Again, just open your eyes and look around you. Do you think the market mechanism is working? There are a whole bunch of reasons why the market mechanism isn't working. Human nature, lack of responsibility, lack of caring, in many cases, unfortunately, lack of choice. Poor people don't have the option to pay more in order to support their values. They need to shop where the prices are cheapest or the only stores they have in town, that kind of thing. But of course, the main reason why the market mechanism doesn't work is information. It's why democracy doesn't work in America. It's why so much doesn't work. Is the fact that most Americans do not have the information that we need to make these decisions. And I will I will move along quickly here by asking listeners, do you think that you have the information that you need to make decisions about where to buy your products? Do you know what any business is doing? Think of the last 3 product, products you've brought, you've bought. What do you know about them? What do you know about the company that makes them? Do you even know what company makes them? My bet is that the answer to all those questions is some version of no, not at all. In which case, we don't have the information we need to make these kinds of decisions. Do we know what corporate US, USA is doing? No, we don't. Do we know which corporations are donating to Donald Trump? No, we don't. Do we know which corporations contributed to Adolf Hitler and the Nazis? No, we don't. Therefore, we can't act on that. This explains, by the way, in a a very perverse way, the GOP's war on information. The GOP and corporate America, they're, as I've indicated a lot, they're the same thing. The Republican Party and corporate America's war on information in this country because it's possible that if people actually start getting that information that they need to make these decisions, then what Republicans have been telling us for all these years about how our economy works may be closer to how our economy works. In other words, Republicans are scared to death that some of what they're saying may someday turn out to be true. That's the great irony here, because as I teach my students and my listeners to try to be more informed, what I'm sort of doing is making the Republican arguments work a little bit better. Maybe the market mechanism would work better. If people took my advice, it's a strange world. B- Republicans don't believe in their own theories. Of course, no shock there. But this is, I, I've talked the last couple of weeks, so I'll go back to it soon about the concept of free speech and how we treat free speech in America. And basically what bullshit it is from the people who most advocate free speech in America. The Trump administration that claims to believe in free speech. Well, I, do I even have to go through this? The protest movement has indicated how much they believe in free speech. Donald Trump's NDAs, Donald Trump's firing every whistleblower in his administration. Donald Trump, lying every time he opens his mouth, really talks about how much he believes in the free flow of information. The whole concept of fake news, Fox News, everything that is behind Donald Trump and his re-election hopes is fake news, is flat-out lies. It's not about speech. It's not about information. It's not about letting Americans make better choices. and about making more Americans die earlier than they should. Anonymity of donors. One of the reasons that we don't get to know who's supporting Donald Trump is that they get to do it anonymously. You'd think that people who believe in the free flow of information would kind of believe in the free flow of who's spreading that information, or in this case, misinformation. But the point for Republicans in corporate America, of course, comes down to no civil society can protect itself from the predators that they are if they don't have the information to do so. That pretty much sums up the Republican Party and corporate America and their views on free speech. This also relates to the current protests and of police violence. Because Republicans don't just help their corporate benefactors to kill people, they will help anyone on their side to kill people and avoid, account- avoid accountability for their actions. And... We know that the police overall are firmly on the side of the Republicans. They're firmly on the side in a couple of ways. Not not only do they tend to vote overwhelmingly in favor of Republicans, they tend to fight their battles. They fight the manufactured war on crime. They fight the battles against minorities and the unfavorable people in the Republican sphere. So the police are clearly on their side. And so Republicans are racing to make sure that the police are not held accountable, that the market will not hold police accountable. The market will not hold police accountable in large part because Americans are not have not been through the history of this country sufficiently informed about what the police are doing, like corporate America. Well, we are seeing great changes in our society, perhaps. We are seeing great change, at least in the protest movements. We are seeing a a movement against police violence, the likes of which we have never seen before, which hopefully will lead to results that we have never seen before. And why are we seeing it? Because we are getting information that had previously been kept from us, because everybody has a cell phone camera. So here's a case thanks corporate America, really more thanks to the scientific community, for giving us the means to bring information to light. And the reason the protest movements have such potential is because we now have information that is denied us in so many other parts of our lives. So anyway, the market mechanism doesn't work. It's a joke. So how do you rein in behavior from the worst actors in America so that they don't harm Americans and the environment, the world, the planet, etc.? Well, there's only one other option. And that option is the law. To pass and to enforce laws. Now, it's it's important to understand those two things go together. Just like it is not incumbent upon corporate America to be ethical, it is not incumbent upon corporate America or a Republican to, be, to follow the law. It is not incumbent, in fact, upon any American to follow the law. We all have the choice not to follow the law. That's why some people, not me, of course, but some people drive above the speed limit. You know, don't do the crime if you can't do the time. But if you're willing to take that chance, you have the same right to break the law. Well, first you need laws that are supposed to constrain our behavior, and then you need to enforce those laws so that the laws actually do constrain our behavior. And we've seen those mechanisms hollowed out as well in the march to corporate American profits at the expense of the rest of us. Starting with the enactment of laws, I talked a couple of weeks ago on the concept of federalism and how federalism, the concept of states' rights in this case, that Republicans have been telling us for years that the federal government shouldn't do something. We should leave it to the states. Well, we've seen with the COVID crisis, among others, that in many cases, the states are simply not able to do it. When it comes to regulating corporate America, corporations are too big. They are too mobile. State and local governments generally cannot regulate corporate America. And therefore, we need more federal laws, which is the the only way to regulate corporate America and protect Americans and protect the planet, which is exactly why Republicans are not in favor of federal law for the most part. Except, of course, in those rare cases where they are. As I talked about a couple of weeks, a little bit further in federalism. But there's been more news on that in the past couple of weeks on federalism, where the state's rights, believing governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, has reversed position and is finally allowing individual cities and counties in Texas to mandate the wearing of masks. Originally, he had overruled local towns and local cities and said, you cannot mandate wearing masks. So much for the idea of local control, which is what supposedly animates states' rights. So much the idea that things are better done at the local level, whenever it's more convenient to not do them at the local level the republicans will clearly switch course but here is an example that we're learning that local control sometimes does not work or sometimes does work and in the cases where it doesn't work republicans will scream for local control in the cases where it does work republicans suddenly won't believe in local control anymore uh Another thing having to do with the enactment of laws, of course, is the concept of campaign funding, a favorite topic of mine that I have discussed on this show many, many times over the years. Those of you with time on your hands can go back to old shows. That'll be a topic for another day, both past and future, but not so much for today. I'm going to focus more on the second part of the legal mechanism to protect Americans and protect the planet from those who will harm us. And that legal mechanism is... In, through enforcement of the laws. Here, I'm going to talk about the concept of tort reform. Tort reform, basically, being a kind of fancy sound, sounding term for providing immunity from lawsuits for bad actors. If you have harmed somebody, they cannot sue you, or they could be very limited in what they can recover if they do sue, sue you. What's important to remember as we talk about tort reform is it prevents laws from being enforced. How do we enforce most of our laws? Our civil laws are enforced through lawsuits. That's how we enforce the law. If I injure you, you sue me, and I am held accountable for my having injured you. Well, if you cannot sue me, I cannot be held accountable for injuring you, in which case the law cannot be enforced against me. If the law cannot be enforced against me, I will not follow the law if I don't believe in ethics if I'm not bound to ethics I will do whatever I want in other words if I'm a corporation So there's in, in cases where they couldn't stop the laws from being enacted they've been busy for years stopping laws from being enforced this again is part it fits into this discussion of the anti-police violence protests We are seeing this in our current environment because why has there been such police violence? There's there's been such police violence, not because of a couple of bad actors. There's been tremendous police violence because the police are not held accountable in almost, almost every single instance. Police are not held accountable for their bad actions. If you are not held accountable for your bad actions, you engage in more bad actions. That is why I've been arguing for years that police actions in this country, police behavior, is way worse than it has been portrayed even in moments of protests before this one, and not better. But that's the police, and as I indicated, they're just minor actors in this big game of killing Americans. Do you know who else gets to benefit from not being able to be sued by harming people? Frequently, corporate America does. Yes, those entities that are not supposed to worry about ethics, those entities for whom the law is most important to be applied, those most consequential actors, in fact, in more cases than you want to know, are not able to be sued and not able to be held accountable for what they do. You know, here's, Again, news from the week on this subject. The huge German mega pharmaceutical company, Bayer, agreed to a $10 billion settlement. That's billion with a B, settlement, for Roundup. and It bought the company, actually, Monsanto, I guess, that had been selling Roundup. That lots of evidence indicates is a carcinogenic. They're not, of course, admitting anything. They never do but they're paying $10 billion to settle it. They're still selling Roundup. I understand they're putting more warnings on it now, and maybe they've tweaked the formula to try to make it less likely to cause cancer. But do you know what it is that will lead Bayer to perhaps sell less Roundup or sell it in a more socially responsible way or make it in a way that doesn't harm people as much? This $10 billion settlement, if they were not held accountable, accountable, if they do not have to pay this $10 billion, the message would be, let's just keep doing it. Let's do more of that. It's working wonderfully for us so far. Now, how do you sell? Those of you listening are thinking, this makes no sense to me. Why would bad actors be able to get away with things that they do that are bad? Well, how do they sell this shit to the American public? And again, information. Comes in in this discussion. This is the McDonald's coffee case, which I expect most of you have heard about. Uh, Depending on how scrupulously you've been following our show over the years, you may or may not know the true story of the McDonald's coffee case. But most of you, like most of my students, if I ask them about instances of corporate misconduct, nobody knows anything. But if I ask them about the McDonald's coffee case, hands go up all across the room. 75% of my classes have heard of the McDonald's coffee case but they haven't heard the true story. What they heard is what many of you heard is that woman went to McDonald's, spilled some hot coffee on herself. Surprised The coffee was hot. Sued McDonald's for, I think it was like $87 trillion and got a verdict of, of $90 trillion because she spilled hot coffee on herself. Oh my God. This is, this is out of control. This is crazy. Well, it is crazy. It is out of control because that's not what happened. It's a complete misstatement, mistelling of the full story. And in fact, if you look at the, what actually happened in the McDonald's qualified case, it's a lot more complicated than that. Some of you have gotten those emails that get spread around in mass forwards periodically about all these instances of a judicial system run amok. A burglar tries to break into a home and hurts himself and then sues the homeowner for a million dollars. Yes, because two sentences is really all you need to know before you render a verdict on something, because that's who we are as Americans. Why do we know all these things that are, spoiler alert, just absolute bullshit? Because corporate America keeps sending this around to us. Corporate America and its minions keep sending us all this bullshit to let us believe that the system is worse than it really is. We had at my school years ago, we had an event on tort reform that I had put together for our students, faculty, families, etc. And I invited among the people who were there was the assistant head of the torts division for the very prestigious conservative think tank, the Manhattan Institute. And he came and he told, he started off his presentation by telling the wrong story of McDonald's coffee. Could not believe he thought he was going to get away with it, but I guess most of where he goes, he probably spends his time on Fox News, and he tells lies, and they say, yeah, that's awful. We totally agree. Here, of course, he kind of had his ass handed to him a little bit, probably the last time he showed up at a college to speak. But by convincing Americans that somehow this bullshit is real, that poor corporations are facing all these unfair lawsuits, and juries are just throwing their money to plaintiffs they find sympathetic, they convince the average american to be complicit in their own destruction and support changes to the system that will allow people to hurt them for free this has kind of been the new normal in america this is republicans have won this battleground as this country has become more conservative over the course of most of my lifetime and certainly i expect the entirety of my listeners lifetimes as As we've become more conservative, we have passed more and more of these tort reform measures and given more and more corporations immunity from killing people. As a result, they're killing more people. In cases where they don't manage to pass the tort reform to get the legal protections that they need, and even in many cases where they do, corporations have also learned with the help of their lobbyists and their strategists, the people who help them commit murder, that there are ways that they could control this where they, in fact, can provide themselves with immunity from lawsuits. These are huge issues in our society right now, speaking first off about the issue of mandatory arbitration, mandatory arbitration clauses, which say that people do not have the right to go to court if the corporation injured them. That's what they say. In fact, what you will do is you will go to private arbitration in front of a private judge for hire that the corporation will hire. That, if you're lucky, will not actually have the same last name as the corporation. Now, this is insane, right? Nobody would sign this mandatory arbitration clause to give up your right to go to court and instead have your case heard by the corporation's mother, which is pretty close to what's actually happening. It's crazy nobody would do this, except, of course, for the fact that we've all done it. We've all done it lots of times. If you have a credit card, if you have a cell phone, if you bought a car, if you put your mother into a nursing home, and the list goes on and on, Remember all those things that you signed as having read that you never read? Well, one of the things in them was mandatory arbitration. You have signed away your right to go to court. So what will happen is a corporation will be free to harm you and your family because there's not a whole lot that you're going to be able to hold them accountable for. You know, it's funny how the Republican Party has been really big on some of the Constitution. I mean, you know, they're really big on the Second Amendment even the second amendment that wasn't the way it was written there. Apparently sometimes we're hearing big on free speech, at least when it comes to corporate donations to politicians, but the, the part of the constitution about people having a right to go to court, to have their grievances heard, They're not real big on that one for some part. Well, I want to point out again, that this is not just corporate America. Apropos of the protests raging across the world right now, police have gotten into this act as well. Here's this news item from the week. Following an incident in which a San Antonio police officer was fired for saying the N-word multiple times during an arrest, but was reinstated by an arbitrator who had been selected by the police department, the president of the city's police union asserted that the racial slur was equivalent to the use of Goddamn. Close quote. The important thing here being that a police officer who repeatedly used the N word during an arrest was reinstated by an arbitrator selected by the police department. Well, when it comes to the company in your neighborhood dumping toxic sludge into your drinking water, you're also going to go in front of an arbitrator and you're going to get the same good result, which is to say, Good for the other side, not for you. So mandatory arbitration clauses. I've argued since I started doing this show. When when, and if Joe Biden becomes the president with a Democratic majority in both houses, one of the things, one of the 6,000 things that they should be doing on the top 10 list of things that they will be doing is passing a law banning mandatory arbitration except under exceptional circumstances. End of story. When your car company sells you a defective car that, God forbid, injures you and your family, you can actually sue the car company, despite the fact that you signed something that you never read, and they know you never read, that says that you can't. It's also being done, it's important to note during the Trump administration, what's going on right now, the concept of NDAs, non-disclosure agreements. Yes, you know, Donald Trump has done the world a service. And mark this date in your calendar. I said, Donald Trump has done the world a service. Donald Trump has done the world a service by drawing attention to this concept of uh, non-disclosure agreements. So much, again, for people who believe in free speech. The the idea of a non-disclosure agreement is you're paid to shut up and therefore you are required to shut up. You have signed away your right to free speech, sometimes in return for money, sometimes because somebody put a gun against your head maybe literally, maybe figuratively, as Michael Cohn apparently used to do for Donald Trump. Yes, Donald Trump pays off porn stars to shut up, to deny that information to the American public to make good decisions, but he also has his enforcer go and threaten their children with imminent harm if they do not agree to sign away their right to speak. Again, so much for free speech. Trump basically has people sign NDAs for basically everything. That's why Donald Trump is about the most secretive president in the history of this country, because, of course, he's almost certainly the biggest criminal as a president in the history of this country. And yes, I remember Nixon. Now we're reading about the fact that these non-disclosure agreements have become big. The latest area for corporate America is to carve out their lack of responsibility is in severance agreements. When they lay off workers and say, we will give you a month's salary, it has become the norm to require those workers to sign what's non-disclosure or non-disparagement agreements where they will not say anything bad about the company. Like, for instance, by telling the American public the truth about what the company has been doing. In other words, provide information. This has become the norm. Further creating a world where you do not have the information you need to protect yourself and where you will support the fact that government doesn't do it because you don't have the information you need to understand how important it is that government does it. So these are areas where corporations have managed to carve out their own irresponsibility and lack of accountability, even where they haven't gotten government to do it for them. Still, you might as well use every tool in your arsenal or I guess I should say weapon in your arsenal. It's more appropriate here. And so corporations continue to push tort reform. The result of tort reform, the result of all these things is criminal incompetence leading to deaths. It is the reason that the president of the United States is able to effectively murder tens of thousands of Americans, probably completely get away with it, perhaps suffering some consequence by losing an election. It is the reason we've read in the last week or two that 43% of US COVID deaths are occurring in nursing homes. Now, sure, I understand those are the most vulnerable population, that makes sense, but 43%, that's a really high number. I wonder if it has something to do with the fact that mandatory arbitration clauses are part and parcel to the standard nursing home contract, where more than 90% of nursing homes can commit safety violations because they can get away with it. 90% being a number a recent study had indicated. So the GOP solution to all these problems, of course, is more tort reform. Let's be clear that... The aid that this country needs that I have been talking about, the COVID-related disaster relief aid, the second round that this country needs, that small businesses need, that American tenants need, that American workers who've been laid off need. This second round of aid that we need to survive is not coming because the Republican Party is holding it up in the Senate. And more than anything else, why is the Republican Party holding it up in the United States Senate? Because they will not pass any bill unless it comes with tort reform. Unless it comes with immunity from lawsuits for corporate malefactors. You want to go back at some point? We're going to open up America? Well, let's be clear that some of our corporate donors are going to continue to deny their workers a safe workplace and the safety equipment they need. When those workers die, the thing that is most important to the Republican Party is not that those workers' families get redress for the harms, the, the the murder that was committed against their family members. No, that those corporations that are murderers get to get away with it. That's what this is about. They are holding up relief money so that corporations can continue to kill more Americans with impunity. Same thing, by the way, with the police. Do you know what the biggest sticking point to actually reaching an agreement on police reform is? Qualified immunity for police officers. Republicans don't want to pass anything that will possibly make criminal police officers accountable for their crimes or for their civil wrongs, their civil inactions. Again, it is all about lack of responsibility from a political party that will continue to tell you all the time how their ruthlessness when it comes to poor people in America and working people in America stems from the fact that they believe in accountability. Gee, before I go, here's a last thought to leave you with. What if we switch this around a little bit? What if the agents of authority, our government, our political leaders, our business leaders, were held accountable? And actual living, breathing Americans who are supposed to be ethical? We're not. How about if we let it slide with them? How about if you get thrown in jail for the rest of your life if you're a corporation that poisons the environment? and sickens people or provides or fails to provide adequate safety equipment for your workers and how about if you get caught smoking weed you get a quick ticket and the cops move on what a different world it would be if accountability went to the elite for a change anyway that's our show we'll be back with you next week have a very happy and safe fourth of july until that time been listening to Forward Nation Radio with David Leventhal.